Welcome to Concrete Conversations, the Indian real estate podcast. I'm Yash and I'm Akshay and we're the hosts of the show. Home buying can be a daunting process. The sheer volume of choices and information available, the documentation, due diligence and financial planning required altogether can make this process extremely overwhelming for anyone, especially first-time home buyers. To help you navigate home buying in India, and to give you some insights on how to select your dream home we have with us today a luxury residential consultant the founder and ceo of property first bhavesh kothari bhavesh brings a decade of experience in residential real estate across multiple markets in south india including chennai coimbatore hyderabad cochin and most extensively in bangalore After working for the embassy group to market their luxury projects, Bhavesh went on to found Property First in 2017, and they have since expanded their footprint to many more cities, dealing primarily in luxury residential properties. In this home buyer's guide for Indian real estate, Bhavesh sheds light on the right mindset for buying residential real estate, both as an end user and as an investor. and walks us through this process shedding light on topics such as property selection documentation finance and a lot more so without further ado let's dive in and help you take the first step towards finding your dream home hi bhavesh welcome to concrete conversations thank you so much for your time how are you and how are things going in bangalore where you are right now hi ash hey uh, good to hear from you guys Bangalore is beautiful right now. The weather is amazing. It's been raining. It's uh, it was drizzling. Now it's raining very heavily. The lakes are full. Uh, the roads have the biggest of the potholes right now. And ironic, ironically, there is a report today in the newspaper that Bangalore is, of course, the best metro to stay in in India. So we're just wondering. Yes, it, I think it's right. Still right. <laughs> Perfect. So since you have such a breadth of experience in residential real estate in multiple markets that too I thought it would be interesting to our listeners to know a bit about your journey and uh, how you started out in real estate and all the way up to you know founding property first which is your firm now Sure um I've been in real estate for over uh, 10 years now it was uh, I I started my career with advertising uh, in Mumbai uh, I'm a graduate in advertising and then uh, worked in ad agencies worked with FMCG brands and then uh, when I did my MBA I was placed in a consulting firm real estate happened by chance to me where my uncle who was in uh, who owns a real estate firm in Chennai a pretty large one um, uh, called me over to help him uh, with you know the real estate uh, marketing etc and um, so from chennai uh, you know my real estate journey started i i worked in all south indian markets uh, you know coimbatore hyderabad cochin chennai and now bangalore for last 9 uh, years right um, so i was uh, in in bangalore i i used to work with uh, embassy group helping them sell uh, their luxury projects and um, Uh, mbc is one of the finest brands when it comes to real estate uh, development you know they are the masters of luxury what luxury really really is right how it's designed how it's implemented and the whole thought process what uh, mr jitu birwani brings on the table of the kind of offerings and the life standards he want to give to his clients 
um so i had the luxury mindset within me so you know so i spoke to my boss and uh, you know i told her that hey we're gonna uh, i'm gonna start on my own and i did right it was difficult initially because uh, you had to create your own brand you don't know where you would be uh, it's a big risk you're taking but but again i was always a risk taker the end uh, goals didn't matter for me ever it was only uh, how i'm putting the efforts in what i'm learning in the process and relationships which you build in the whole process uh, which was mattered to me so i would say god grace in last 5 years property first i've achieved uh, a little, little, little bit of what i wanted to achieve but there's still a long journey ahead uh, when it comes to selling luxury properties in in the market i would say we started with bangalore now we have grown to bombay goa uh, hyderabad dubai as well and then there's a lot of growth which is about to come right right so i thought i would ask a more abstract question about the kind of mindset that people have going into such a decision so what are the arguments in your mind at least for why one should or should not invest in residential real estate mm-hmm. um can it be considered as an investment from the outset and finally what would be the right time for someone to you know think about this and make this decision sure a very important question again yash i get this question thrown a lot uh, and i enjoy the healthy arguments around it <laughs> so i have friends who are in equity markets and where they say that hey real estate is not given more than 3% 4% i have friends who uh, you know have who are who, who deal in gold uh, and then they say hey the gold is the best investment right. and the third investment is real estate so when you're earning money traditionally there are three places where you would invest your money stocks equities number 2 gold and number 3 real estate right however when it comes to real estate particularly Uh, see real estate uh, is a safe investment right traditionally that is the uh, notion which our parents have told us now it is safe because of a reason right the prices usually never fall it may not appreciate let's say for 5 years 7 years if but if you understand real estate as a pro real estate investor you have to invest and wait for 10 years there's always a 10 year cycle in real estate where the appreciation comes in now people who invested in real estate in 2011 2012 and who sold let's say just before covid at around 2019 to 20 pretty much would not have got more than let's say 3 to 4% because the cycle was that right. but people who waited till 2021 and 22 to the, for that 10 year cycle to complete have made at least and i have sold a lot of properties where people have made at least 70 to 80% return over a period of uh, 8 to 9 to 10 years right, right? so it's still on an average uh, 7 to 8% returns now consider the risk which compared to uh, which is with real estate right it's a zero risk asset because people will buy houses if you have invested in a good property in a good location with a good developer you cannot go wrong nowadays rera is very very strong so your legals are taken care of uh, you know a property is bound to appreciate as more and more people are flocking towards the bigger cities right right um a lot of really interesting things you're talking about there bhavesh and i think um i think that brings us to the meat of the conversation which is essentially the theme of today's episode the home buyer's guide for indian real estate and right uh, and i let's come to the point yes yeah <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people are really curious about that because everyone has their own philosophy and like you said our parents teach us one thing the market teaches us another thing Correct. and generations have different philosophies evolving through time um let's why don't we start by breaking down the stages of home buying for indian residents sure so um you know i would uh, uh you know share my uh, steps which i usually advise to people um see first thing uh, akshay 
is the location right in real estate it's all about location 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 that's the first thing i heard when i entered real estate and just yeah. <laughs> right. uh, a bad property in a good location will still give you good profits and uh, you know it uh, it will appreciate well however i think we should keep the investment and the end use separate right a lot of people get confused where the, the you know when they buy a property they think how much will it appreciate etc uh, i tell everyone do not get confused between an investment property and end use property an end use property even though it's expensive and most probably it will be because the seller knows that it's a good property um unless you're really lucky to find a great deal uh, it it will be uh, slightly more premium and it because you're buying at a higher denominator your denominator is slightly more than uh, you know anything else uh, you're paying slightly more for it uh, but you're going to enjoy that house the the peace and the happiness which you're going to get for the next 10 years uh, you know 15 years uh, or whatever time frame is is unmatchable right so if you like a property and it's slightly more than what the next door property is selling at i would still advise pay that extra 15 person because currently the market is such right, right. Um, people are uh, really dissatisfied with the kind of pricing which ready to move in properties are commanding so uh, i would say if you're getting a good property in a good location uh, in the city or close to your office close to the schools do pick it up if you uh want to invest in a property then keep your sentiments out uh you know of the property where you know that you don't have to stay in that property of course you should invest uh thinking as an investor that you uh, how how the property features would be you should think as an end user but again keep the emotions out of it right you should negotiate um well on that property right location is very important uh, when you're investing do not invest in a place where you don't see any development coming in for next 10 years right a lot of people buy properties 50 km 70 km meters out outskirts thinking that it is property it will appreciate it will appreciate but at its own speed um you know uh, a property which is in a decent location you know check the micro market what other properties are selling at check, check the builder reputation uh, check his pre- previous credentials for a good developers pay that slightly bit more of premium and be satisfied uh, with it um right. so this is my advice to anyone who is looking uh, to buying a property that uh, bifurcate your investment versus your end use goals write down your goals are you looking for appreciation are you looking for the use for rental returns for that property and then invest accordingly um i think you've 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 really clearly highlighted a top down strategy for home uh, buying uh, in terms of the property selection stage of the process right and um you know another part of this process which is i feel kind of daunting for first time home buyers especially is the documentation aspect when looking to purchase a property or a residential flat you know so and i know that this is quite different depending on the market and the place we're looking at but suppose we're talking about you know the primary market buying a, a newly constructed apartment from a developer so what are some things that a homeowner should look out for or keep an eye out for in terms of documentation Sure, yes. Uh, it's a very important element of once you have shortlisted a property, you have negotiated on the price uh, with the developer. I think uh, you should definitely check this agreement to sale draft. You should check the property. Uh, there's a whole set of property papers which, if you want, you should give it to a good lawyer who will check it for you. Um, you should always ask for the RERA number uh, of the property, right? So RERA is an added uh, layer of of the legal checks where the government checks the legal documents of the property and does. not give it a rira number if it is not or again there are certain criterias where which the government allows without a rira number which is the property should be more than a certain percentage complete or less than number of apartments but 98% of the times larger projects will have a rira number right right um 
do you do you think uh, bhavesh maybe if you could give us a quick mm-hmm. uh, summary of like the the standard documents that a home buyer could expect what are they called and what what do they mean sure uh, we should ask for number 1 uh, for the property the title deeds now title deeds are the mother deeds of the property which show the history of the land right. being sold from the first person who was allotted uh, to all the person it has changed hands with and it is a clear bifurcation of every person who has come in between has followed all the legal proceedings and then passed on to the other person right so there's a whole set of title deeds which you should check your lawyer would check it of course be difficult for any person in layman uh, term to understand it because it is in the local language right uh, number 1 number 2 you should always check for the khata of the property you should always check for uh, the property taxes municipal property taxes updated for the property and you should always ask for the encumbrance certificate for the property if it encumbrance certificate shows if there is any loan on the property or there have been any legal proceedings on the property in the past so uh, title deeds uh, khata uh, property tax paid received and encumbrance certificates these are the four things which you should ask for right absolutely perfect and uh, you know moving on ahead in this process uh, mm-hmm. i guess after you know you you've seen a place and you've uh, liked the layout you've identified what you want negotiated a price mm-hmm. then comes the part of arranging uh, finances since right. most people especially first time home buyers are looking at purchasing through the usage of a home loan right, right. so any tips that you would have for home buyers in this how do they you know f- uh, how do they structure their home loan what tenure should they look at any other points they should keep in mind Sure. Um, yes, I would advise if it's a first-time home buyer, always take that loan uh, amount. Even if you have your savings, take that extra bit of loan amount because uh, you know loan uh, uh, as an industry uh, has helped. Uh, it usually helps us in in buying properties right? right so when your loan percentage is 6 and a half uh, you know interest is 6 and a half to 7% a lot of people um, you know uh, do not consider it as a burden uh, you know so people who have a budget of 1 crore and they have uh, you know a saving of uh, 50 lakhs only with them and have a loan eligibility of let's say 1 crore should buy that 1 crore plus 50 lakh property rather than buying only a 1 crore property because your loan uh, interest is only 6 and a half percent you do get uh, certain tax benefits out of it that is an added advantage but apart from that your inflation uh, the way it is right now it is much more uh, than that percentage right so right. money which is lying in your bank account versus a uh, money which is invested in the house plus borrowed uh, at the end of it will give you much more returns uh, you know so take that home loan uh, you know loan is the easiest thing when it, when it comes to uh, buying the property um, i don't think people should worry much about it the interest rates remain the same based on your sibil score uh, all the banks uh, do match up to the interest rates uh, standard interest rates so yes i think loan is something which people should not be uh, bothered about much due to you know the regulations by the sebi right by the rbi i am sorry bhavesh mm-hmm. um of course we we've talked about selecting the pro- uh, property we've talked about finalizing the financing buying the property the, the taxation what about post sale post the purchase um what are the things that a, a buyer needs to keep in mind as they're moving in or as they're waiting for their house to get ready Sure. Um, see, if you bought a property through a consultant, he'll uh, you don't have to worry about any of these procedures because uh, a good consultant will take care of it uh, end to end um, in the whole uh, purchasing cycle, where he'll advise you which apartment to buy, which apartment uh, should come at what price. He'll negotiate on your behalf. He'll take care of the entire paperwork end to end, and at the end of it, he'll become your friend. When <laughs> you're buying it through a developer, mostly the consultants do not, uh, you know, uh, charge anything. Um, if you're buying in resale, there's a certain 
fee which you have to pay for it and i think um, you know uh, that is worth for the kind of deck and the kind of money you're putting in to take that professional advice there are a lot of these zero brokerage companies which are coming up in the market i mean they have people who are joining they would the person would leave after a few months you will be left if you bought a property through them you will be left hanging around where the person doesn't know anything about the property he's just trying to get this incentive out of a sale so i would advise that go through a good consultant he'll help you end to end in the whole process again if you want to wish to interact directly uh, with the builder that's also a decent choice is that you have to spend a lot of time in the paperwork etc uh, every builder has a different paperwork uh, uh, attached to it so a good uh, developer will take care of the process end to end you don't need to worry much about that yeah uh, you know interestingly bhavesh because you um, because you said work with a good consultant mm-hmm. since we talked about the property selection process but this is probably a part of the home buyers guide how do how does a buyer select the right property consultant good um see selecting a good consultant you should always ask for uh, the previous uh, you know testimonials from the clients go through his reviews online if it's a uh, if it's a consulting firm you should check out their reviews uh, on linkedin um, on various places but uh, so far i think if you ask for testimonials in the past and you would know and plus you don't have to pay anything until uh, you know you finalize the consultant so speak to multiple consultants whoever you think has got more knowledge uh, about the property uh, go with it i would advise everyone that every area every property uh, you know has got a certain set of consultants or a consultant who is an expert go with the expert of that particular area or that particular property he can get you amazing deals which are not available in the market usually right perfect and another important thing at least that i have heard from from you know uh, maybe my peers or friends who are looking to buy a home uh, that is that a lot of people don't really consider uh, possibly the outgoings and like you know the costs incurred post purchase of a residential property as well mm-hmm. we talked about amenities and us spending so much more time you know in our homes or our gated communities or complexes but of course that those amenities and those facilities are often reflected in the outgoings of the property as well right so uh, what would uh, what should home buyers think about uh, or you know keep in mind about post purchase costs well uh, the post purchase costs they could only be maintenance and property taxes right. um, and also if there's a higher electricity and water bill right so you should check these things with the developers uh, if it's an under construction property or with your neighbors who are already staying there uh, in the property before making that purchase decision if there is any variation from the normal Uh, you know uh, nuances where the electricity bill is normal it's a residential meter the water uh, is coming from the corporation there's not a lot of dependency from tankers the maintenance uh, of the property should be uh, the maintenance cost uh, you know should be you know in the fair value if you ask me today a 4 4 and a half rupees per square feet is very very fair with the kind of uh, inflation we have um, these are the costs and of course there's a property tax which uh, has to be paid uh, to the municipality so these are the four things usually which people do incur in the cost uh, over and above uh, once they buy the property after the uh, but these are very nominal costs as a percentage as compared to uh, your investment in the property right your, right. your if if it's a 1 crore property your maintenance uh, is approximately you know 7 to 8000 rupees a month your property taxes are around 4 to 5000 rupees a month your water and electricity bill also very very nominal based on the usage i would still say ki uh, look at the property first and then its post expenses right Right. Um Bhavesh there's two sort of questions that are coming to mind. I'm going to ask one which 
directly impacts um, Indian residents first, which is we've talked about under construction and sort of the primary market purchases. But in the secondary market purchases, there there are other sort of costs one has to plan for, right? Right. There's society um, transfer fees and uh, NOC and stuff like that. So could you tell us a little bit about the additional things or the, the alternative things that one needs to look at and where the roadblocks might be and how working with a, a good property consultant can help you overcome that. Sure. Actually, I think that's a very, very good question you've asked. You know, in secondary market, people are, uh, I've, I've seen that people are slightly worried uh, buying properties in secondary market because of the past experiences, right? Um Mm. when do you give a token amount mm. because you're, you're not dealing with the organization you're dealing with an individual should you check the legal papers first or if the seller is not giving the legal papers wants a token first uh, what is the trust factor you know if you're dealing directly with the seller uh, here are my important points you should ask for you should you know ask for the soft copy of all his legal documents which shows his ownership and buying the property uh, from either a developer or his past uh, you know owners of the property and you should share it with the good lawyer definitely you should have a good lawyer when you're hiring a good lawyer or a good consultant right. when you are buying a resale property which is in the secondary market um, you should keep everything very clear uh, with the seller that the property prices is all inclusive and the only thing which you will pay over and above will be the registration cost and this thing should be clearly mentioned in the sale agreement that saves you from a lot of hassles tomorrow that if there is a transfer fee to the society who will bear it if there's a transfer fee to the builder who will bear it if there are property taxes which are prop maintenance uh, which has been unpaid for a very long time who will bear it right these are surprises which may come up in future after a sale deed uh, a registration of the property is done so make sure your agreement is strong enough uh, you know to include that your price is all inclusive and any other cost which comes up uh, in in future against the property except the registration and stamp duty cost will be borne by the seller of the property i would advise to go with a good broker who you know will help you he'll have a checklist he will check it through with the seller he will represent your interest he will take care of uh, all the paperwork documentation he will not miss out anything which you may still miss out if it's a secondary transaction um, i would highly advise uh, to go with the broker again if somebody wants to deal directly then the points which i've just mentioned uh, uh, should be taken care of and a very good lawyer understood right Perfect. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, maybe uh, go back to something that you had mentioned, which was under construction properties. Mm -hmm. Even earlier on, we were talking about how now that there is demand again, you know, there's sometimes an increased demand for and therefore a premium for ready to move in properties. But now that there are so many home buyers in the market, Mm -hmm. I wanted to get uh, your opinion on under buying under construction residential properties today. You know, is is it still a, a viable option for home buyers? And if so, what should they keep in mind when looking at under construction properties? Sure. Yes, the way real estate works is that uh, there are early set of investors or people who invest their money early uh, for end use uh, and they get a price benefit out of it because developers charge a very low amount initially and the prices keeps getting sold, uh, keeps getting increased as the inventory is sold with uh, various tranches, right? After 15% inventory sold, developer will increase and it'll keep increasing it, uh, you know, until the project is fully completed. A developer makes most of the profit um, when the inventory is uh, 50% plus sold. So if you ask me uh, if the inventory uh, is sold less than 50%, it's a a good time to invest and see your money appreciate. However, a lot of end users, uh, so that's for an under construction property, a lot of 
of end users come into the property when they they see their friends are staying in the property their, their parents are staying in the property the relatives are staying and then they want to buy so they will pay a definitely a higher price and a lot of these times the uh the inventory gets exchanged from an investor who bought during an early stage to an end user who is buying now so that is the benefit for uh, an investor that if you invest in a good property it will appreciate because once the society is ready do not sell the property until the society is ready and people are staying in the society because the best appreciation comes in when the community the society is ready people are staying in there and people start enjoying that society people are ready to pay any price uh for a good society today perfect i think i think you've captured a lot of the really important elements for people living in india and and even in general for mm-hmm. for home buyers of course there's one bracket of home buyers that we haven't talked about but we know that property first works with them uh, in in extensive detail and that is the nri market right correct could you maybe explain to us how is the uh, property buying process different for nris and what are sort of the the changes or the differences that sure. uh in the process um when they are selecting a property either for investment or for their parents and such and such Sure. So, uh, actually, again, very good question. Uh, you know, uh, if you are sitting in the US, Singapore, Dubai, wherever you are, um, it is a lot of hassle uh, mentally to go through multiple properties to arrange uh, for the viewing of each property, a virtual viewing. Um, so, again, I advise a lot of people to. go through a good consultant who is aware of the market and will you know shortlist the properties in the first discussion will arrange a virtual viewing he'll go to every single apartment if you uh, you don't have a specific requirement and you want to explore the market rather than spending time arranging for different viewings with different builders um, negotiating with different people go with the right consultant um uh, and he, uh, he will help you and and legally speaking it is there's no difference when you buy a property as an nri or versus an indian resident uh when you sell a property that's where the major difference uh, do come in right. if you are an nri uh your purchaser of the property when you sell the property will deduct tds at a much higher rate than the standard 1% tds which anybody would deduct while buying a property um so there is a process for that uh, you know um, which you have to go through your auditor will explain you through the process but a lot of people are not aware as buyers or sellers that if you are an nri seller there is a different taxation which comes in picture you also have to check in the dual taxation treaty where if you having a capital gains in india once you have sold a property um, and as an nri uh, do you have to pay taxes in india and uh, in your own country also uh, or only in one country uh, then the conversion rate right the dollar uh, uh, was a certain rate when you had bought in the dollar is a certain rate now so you have to take all the uh, you know factors in place as an nri when you sell the property buying a property i think is the easiest process and there is no difference between an indian buyer versus an nri buyer only thing is nri is not here so he takes help from his friends who could visit on his behalf relatives who could visit on his behalf i advise a lot of people that Uh, all that groundwork is done by the friends and relatives i push my clients to come spend that one day um, spend that uh, you know couple of lakhs on the ticket but do come and have a look at the apartment uh, or the property which you are buying because you will be satisfied uh, for the few crores of investment you are putting in right perfect so i think with that we've covered uh, the home buying process in great detail <laughs> so moving on from there i wanted to kind of get a, a different 
like you know for us to look at uh, home buying from a different perspective there's a big debate on the on renting versus buying a home these days right. all over the world right. and we're starting to see a little bit of this debate in india as well correct so i thought that we could uh, you know ask you for your opinion on this uh, about what do you think of for the indian consumer in 2022 right. um is there a big uh, is there a dilemma in terms of uh, whether one should rent a home or buy it or is there a clear choice do you think sure so um again a very debatable question and I enjoy this debate every time where um, you know uh, the gen z uh, population or the millennials uh, do not want to buy property and to rent out trust me right. 10 years back when i was not in real estate i had the same mindset that why to buy a property right you should always rent it out because your rentals are just 2% of the property um after you know i i i saw the nuances of real estate and how uh, you know real estate can benefit uh, you to increase your wealth net worth right. and uh, the best thing in real estate is leverage you can't take leverage when you are renting a house which means you can't take a loan when you're renting a house but when you take a house on loan and you see the appreciation happening and your appreciation is more uh, than the you know firstly your rent you're paying gets negated against the emi and the differential amount uh, you know helps you with the appreciation the way real estate cycle is continuing right. for next um, in last two years and will continue for next uh, few years coming in um, you know that interest rate of 6.5 to 7% will take care of your rental which is now now 3.5 to 4 to 5% of property value plus the appreciation will be another at least 7 to 8% uh, i could uh, sense in the coming years for every property so that 12% to 13% uh, capital appreciation versus a, a, a 2% 3% 4% rental i would definitely advise uh, everyone to invest their money in real estate not just because i am from real estate but uh, you know that money lying in your bank account will get uh, entailed into crypto uh, equities and this certain percentage of amount which you should not personally if you ask me advise and anybody would advise you in these things so to so invest 10% of your wealth 20% of your wealth uh, you know in in the equities unless you're a trader yourself in equities or um, any other alternative investments uh, rest of it has to come to real estate take loan take that leverage invest in real estate um, and you will not uh, you know if you invest in a good property you'll be really happy you'll not uh, you know uh, in, uh, you'll not you'll not go wrong with it right 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 apart from uh, these larger trends i thought that we could you know pick up uh, or have a look at rather the city of bangalore as an example of all these changes we are seeing in real estate mm-hmm. you have so much experience in bangalore first with embassy now with property first mm-hmm. so i wanted to ask you over the last decade uh, what are some of the changes you've seen in the city and the real estate market there for with my very limited experience i've heard of something like whitefield but uh, what do you feel are the maybe fastest growing markets as well sure um bangalore uh, over the last uh, you know 15 years has uh, diversified into four different cities it is not one city anymore so there is a central bangalore which is uh, the mg road alsur area uh, you know but however the city has grown around it so as you rightly said whitefield is one of the largest cities uh, you know south bangalore electronic city is another one the west bangalore towards kanakpura road uh, jp nagar jayanagar is another one and the fastest growing is north bangalore which is the stretch from hebal to airport and beyond now each of these four cities converge into the city center where most of your government offices or the central business district areas the best of the pubs and bars are however each of these cities have this their own social ecosystem so whitefield has its own schools its own school malls its own hospitals and people do not travel uh, from whitefield to an electronic city for these things right so 
Bangalore is developed into multiple cities where each of these cities north bangalore south bangalore east bangalore west bangalore has its own offerings and none of them are uh, uh, you know lesser in terms of quality than other so the developers uh, you know have been very very aggressive uh, in this expansion plans where the infrastructure of bangalore has has grown there's metro connectivity which is amazing uh, you know which is amazingly fast uh, you know coming up there's there the highways being built there elevated corridors which have been built right there's public transport system which is uh, getting upgraded nowadays so bangalore will see a lot of development um a person who is staying in east bangalore would may still prefer to buy in east bangalore in a better property a person who staying uh, who doesn't have any preferences may would still want to stay in north bangalore because it is more accessible and more open accessible to the airport and more open uh, roads etc uh, but if you ask me none of these uh, different cities investment in any of these cities will be lesser uh, you know than the other because the overall bangalore ecosystem is growing do a bit of research on where the you know metro stations are coming up how is the peripheral ring road coming up how is the outer ring road touching the location and you know the, there's a lot of development infrastructure wise also coming up in next 8 to 10 years and people who invested in properties around outer ring road uh, 10 to 12 years back are now you know uh, enjoying the benefits of it because outer ring road is fully built and it's connected the whole city now people who invest uh, again with the same mindset for things around metro station peripheral ring road etc will again uh, benefit uh, from these so again ask your consultant i would say uh, with with the upcoming areas development and he'll be able to advise you better um, about these fantastic um bhavesh as, as we're sort of coming to the close of our conversation mm-hmm. uh with you we thought we could take a step back and from a, a sort of larger big picture perspective talk about residential real estate in india and maybe even partially globally mm-hmm. but globally you and in india you're seeing a lot of innovation in residential real estate you're talking about senior living you're talking about co-living student housing holiday homes and so much more right there's all these configurations and permutations and combinations but which which emerging residential real estate trends do you feel are the ones to watch out for in india in the coming future sure um i think you know once you have your own home the the desire to have a second home is uh, you know looming at large when it comes to the luxury real estate everybody wants to have that weekend home or that home in goa or kurg or any of the holiday places where they could enjoy their weekends their bigger holidays their retirements that's especially with the hlis however um, if you ask me overall about what are the other things apart from holiday homes senior living concept as a concept is growing people would want their parents to in, in a society which is fully safe and meets toward made towards taking care of senior citizens needs um, co-living is of course coming up but co-living is still a long way uh, you know before the acceptance uh, uh, comes in uh, but I, if you ask me to rate it i think it will be the holiday homes uh, at the top uh, in the whole hierarchy right right fantastic um bhavesh i think with that thank you so much for your time and for these amazing insights and you know breaking down the whole residential home buying process mm-hmm. in india for us i think this is definitely an episode we were excited to record the listeners would probably be as excited to hear as well hopefully i'm sure yashin akshay it has been uh, it is it has been trust me a great conversation uh, you know uh, with you guys and i would advise all your viewers that invest in real estate it is the best time um, you know to invest your money in real estate for next few years where you will continue to see a lot of appreciation invest through a good knowledgeable person and you will be able to make more returns on your property 
If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to follow Concrete Conversations on Instagram to know more about upcoming episodes and for some behind the scenes content. For more deep dives into the world of Indian real estate, stay tuned for more Concrete Conversations.